Well, but I'm going to eat this cookie and I'm going to try to guess what it is. Mm-hmm. Just This is just judging by looking at it. It almost looks like an M&M cookie, but the colors are just a little brighter and less chocolate. But my first thought when I looked at it closely was Lucky Charms marshmallows. Give it a shot. Who's it? I feel like the consistency of those things in there are Lucky Charms marshmallows too. It is a Lucky Charms sugar cookie. Mmm. Did I nail that or what? You did. How'd Way you better th- than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. How'd you think I was going to do with that? Eh, you'd probably get it. I feel like it tastes like Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. The consistency of the marshmallows mm-hmm. are like that. You know, not quite marshmallow consistency of Lucky Charms marshmallows. Mm-hmm. And they are safe to eat raw. Mm. Which is why they look a little funny. They're a little flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ate... We each ate one raw. Because they don't have eggs in them. Mm-hmm. So we each ate one raw. Who are we kidding? You can eat regular cookie dough raw. Forget what those things say. I mean, it's true. It's just a little dangerous. What's the worst that's going to happen? I mean... Portal to hell's going to open up and the world's going to end? I mean, I had a stomach bug that turned into a blocked small bowel that ended up with me in the hospital for three days. Was that because of a cookie dough? Well, no, but it's possible. Anything's possible, except maybe that portal to hell from eating it and raw cookie dough. That's true. I don't know. What kind of eggs are we talking? I don't know. Farm fresh, probably. Then you're probably good. I no, I was kidding because Pillsbury and like Nestle and they're done. I was just meaning about the portal to hell. Mm. You probably have to eat like some uh, cockatrice eggs or something. Do you think cockatrices come out of eggs? I would assume. I mean, dragons and chickens come out of hell, and cockatrices are <laughs> out of eggs. <laughs> What? Egg hell. Yeah. Anyway, this is a weird, a weird opening. Can we talk about conceptual categories for a second? Sure. Okay, this is random. Only because I'm eating a cookie. This is really random, but I think your old English majorness will appreciate it. So I was at, um, I was at McAllister's today, which. I gave myself 50-50 odds that you would be there, because almost every time I go to the McAllister's, you're there. Tuesday's our day. Mm. We were at McAllister's earlier today, and I was distracted the entire time. One, because we had just been had a very active morning. Uh, we took engagement pictures, mm. um, so that was fun. Um, we played at the park for like two hours. Hey, we did that too. Um, Different parks, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, we went to Scissor Tail. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, because our engagement pictures were at Lake Kefner. But anyway, that's not neither here nor there. So, well, we did engagement pictures and family portrait. Excuse me. Um, and, um, I was just sitting there and I was distracted the whole time. Again, I was very tired. Um, I've been sick this week. I uh, had a sinus infection. Anyway, I'm getting distracted by my distraction. Mm-hmm. And the lady behind me was like talking about an argument she had with somebody and she was really mad about it and i I guess at some point i didn't catch all the particulars but at some point someone had told her like well how do you know that that's true and she like went and she looked up a definition in the dictionary and she was like this definition is how i know it's true and it's like well but like what kind of true like and so she looked up true in the dictionary and she was really disappointed by what she found for a definition of truth like in the dictionary because it like defined itself with itself mm-hmm. um and the entire time i was just sitting there your problem isn't with truth or definitions your problem is with conceptual categories my problem is with this person who's arguing with her and being kind <laughs> of an a-hole about it well it's true. like that's the worst kind of person 
It's true. But this, this is actually relevant to the episode. Is why I'm bringing it up in this cold open. Um, because what people don't understand, and what I think you, you understand, is that we, see. we want English to be this, like, really authoritative, powerful, like, reliable thing. And everyone wants their language to be that. Shaking my head vehemently. Well, I mean, but people want it. <clears throat> but yeah. it's, it's not. Though. But it's not because we made up language. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's um it's a fancier word for random. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very true, and not just English. What's the word for random? Now I can't even think of that. Like chaotic? No, it's a uh, it's unimportant. <laughs> Let's well, continue. Yeah, I I was just like sitting there this whole time. I don't know why, but I was just sitting there thinking like, your problem is actually with conceptual categories. You want these definitions to be more solid than they are. But the fact of the matter is that the meaning of a word is entirely determined by the use of it. Arbitrary is the word I was Arbitrary. <laughs> That's a good one. I was like, I just was like muttering under my breath like, your problem is that words have no inherent meaning and all meaning is given to it by... It's all ascribed. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's all ascribed in the use of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a cultural understanding. And it changes of, over time. Yeah, and it, there's a cultural understanding of, like, this is what it normally means, but that is meaningless, mm-hmm. like, to the individual. <laughs> yeah, language is, I mean, it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It is It is arbitrary. It's just a group of symbols and sounds that we give significance, but its significance changes over time. It isn't it isn't static, it's dynamic. Yeah. So it it varies not even just from like time period to time period, but location to location and even like community to community. Well, and person to person. Per, yeah, even person to person. But I'm thinking like, you know, at church, people might use certain words in a certain way. Mhm that don't carry that same meaning elsewhere mm-hmm. or like at school or any job where there's going to be jargon and terms that you use that just are meaningless outside of that mm-hmm. um, or carry a very different meaning outside of that. So yes, that's why the person who said that, how do you know that that's true? And how do you know that that's true? Uh, again, did it's not, just annoying to me. Did not know the particulars because the thing I really focused in on was like their whole thing about like, being unsatisfied with definition. And I think that's true because definition does not ascribe meaning Mm -hmm. and people want it to. Like people are like, oh, I'm going to look up what the definition of a sandwich is in the dictionary to define whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. Yes, but... But definitions do not ascribe meaning. Words don't really have meaning. They present to you a conceptual category. Like if I say sandwich to you, I've presented to you not a definition, but a conceptual category mm-hmm. that you can now... I can operate in. You can operate in. You're creating a boundary. Mm-hmm. And then there's some hinterlands of that where hot dogs and tacos hang out. Yeah. It's like, do they belong? Do they not belong? I don't know. I really don't care. Yeah. But some people care. Well, but some people care because they don't understand the arbitrary nature of, of language. the word sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like, we made it up. It's entirely made up. Mm-hmm. Um, like how, I mean, I don't want to rain on your parade because you got engaged on Tuesday. The 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Yeah. But everyone's like, what a special day and we'll not have a day like this in forever and whatever. And I'm like, but also we made it up. <laughs> yeah. It's just- like, it's only this because we say that it is. And in other countries, the date is different. Yeah. Like, so, no. But also, yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's nice. But also, 
we made it up. And that's that's okay. It's true. It's true. And I will completely admit to the arbitrary nature of choosing two, 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 two. But we are also people who search like for We like to search for patterns. So, that's yeah. what we do. Patterns and meaning. As my high school sociology professor said, or teacher, he was a coach. <laughs> he said, and time was just made up by the Ottomans. I mean. <laughs> and we're like, okay. No, but like. He also told us Fastly was an article adverb. And we just needed to be okay with him saying it. And we were like, no. That's Fastly's not Fastly's <laughs> not anything. You should get your sociology professor on I, here. I, I don't even remember his name. I'm, I'm intrigued by him. Ask your friend from Quiz Bowl. Okay. What's your name? Danny. Okay, I need to remember that because she was one of our guests. Yeah, kind of rude. Danny. Okay. But this brings us all the way back around to why I brought this up in the first place. Business. Label. What's it mean? Business. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> Today on Boy Meets World Fever! Brought to you by Harlequin Romance. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. And I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chains. And I also think Amy probably went on to write Harlequin Harlequin Romance books. Harlequin Autobiographies. You just change the names and sell it as fiction. (laughs) Oh dear, we'll get into all that. I I greatly enjoyed that particular story. Yeah. we'll We'll get into that. Um... How are you? Uh, I'm really good. Um, you kind of said in our cold open that you're pretty tired. I was a lot more tired at lunchtime. But now just being in my presence just invigorated you. Last night was the first night I worked all week because I've been sick all week. So I only had like three and a half hours of sleep. And then like I had to be up and taking pictures at like an ungodly hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was eight. It's the best time. But <laughs> eight. Um, eight on a Saturday, and um, we had a really busy morning, um, but it was a good morning. I mean, it was time with my family and um, and taking engagement photos, so mm-hmm. good things. And then uh, my fiance now had a engagement she had to go to. Um, Another engagement? Well, a what? wedding shower for someone else, but... Mm. Ridiculous. Um, she had to go to that, so me and the five-year-old were at home all day. It was just so cool. It was so cool. I texted you about it a little bit, but like I got the new Kirby demo because mm-hmm. I really want him to start learning how to play video games, but he really struggles doing things with both hands. Mm-hmm. Like He just really struggles, and like we've played Mario Kart a few times. Um, and he played, he, he's beaten most of Donut County, but whenever like a shoot uh, uh-huh. mechanic or something like that. That's kind of a tough part in that game sometimes anyway. Um, whenever that mechanic is. You have is, a boss battle as a hole in the ground. Yeah. Shooting bombs. He, he just can't like, he really struggles to translate like moving and doing something else or pressing a button. Mm-hmm. And like, I really wanted to get him started and like Kirby is a great place to start. And the new game looks so cool, and they, like, surprise dropped a demo today. I was like, all right, let's 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 give this a shot. Let's give it a shot. 
So we like boot up the game, and he is mesmerized by the colors, and he thinks Kirby is so cute. And because he is, he is. So we're we're already in it. He's like already like yes please to whatever this is. Um, but same thing. He's like he moves a little bit, and then like I showed him where the jump and suck buttons were because those are the only buttons. Jump and suck. And he uh, and he was like, okay. So he takes his like hand off of the stick and presses those buttons. And then I'm like, okay, now move. And he like puts his hand back on the stick and takes his hand off those buttons. And it's like very like. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that for like half an hour. And I'm like, man, maybe he's just not gonna get it. Like I was about his age when I started playing like Mario, but maybe it's just like not a fair comparison. Not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, no. And then, like, he learns how to make Kirby, like, float, like Kirby does. And he can make him float and move him. And I'm like, okay, that's progress. Like, he's he's getting around. So he went from, like, asking me to jump for him every time to figuring out a way to do it himself. And then um, he we encounter the first enemy, and he's terrified, and he throws, <laughs> he throws the console at me. Because um, it's a switch, and I'm like, okay. So I like show him, and I beat the boss for him. I give it back to him, and he starts moving around. But then, like within an hour, and like within an hour and a half, he like it just starts clicking for him, and he's like running up, sucking things up, spitting it out, and like I'm like giving him some little bits of advice, and he's taking it, and he's like figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. And then he's like doing sword attacks with Kirby's sword in the air while he's jumping. I'm like. This is an hour and a half. Like, what did you do, kid? Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at him, and I was so, like, proud and happy. <laughs> I was just like, you. I was just like, you're just, you're amazing, kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> just figuring it out. Um, And, like, he went from asking me to do every jump for him, asking me to ba- beat every villain for him, like, and then he wanted me to fight the bosses for him. And then the last thing he did before we had to quit and make dinner was he beat one of the bosses on the game. I was just like, you got it, dude. I was very excited. So it was like restful because mm-hmm. I was just sitting there playing a video game with him, but also like very energizing. So. And I, it'll be expensive because you're going to be out 60 bucks because yeah. you have to buy Kirby. Oh, he's he's into it. I asked him. Whenever it comes out, I don't even know. We were, we were talking about costumes and I asked him uh, later, like, do you want to be a cop, a superhero, or a dinosaur? Those are just random things I was thinking about. And he goes, I want to be Kirby. I'm like, well, but, like, that's not really what we're talking about right now. Like, like, I mean, if you were to, like, dress up for a day, what would you do? Like, cop, superhero, dinosaur. And he points at Kirby. He goes, this guy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's in it, apparently. <laughs> like, look, at, look at what you did. So, he was... He was very excited about the whole thing. So anyway, that gave me a lot of energy. Put me in a really good mood. Um, mm-hmm. We also had a victory in Wild Rift. We did. Shortly before starting that really pumped me up. It's true. So I'm very energized. I'm in a very good mood. That was a long answer to the question. Mm-hmm. It really was. How am I doing? Doing it great. It really kid. was. Good. Don't cut any of that out, though. I'm not. I would never. That's a heartwarming story. It was. <laughs> I wouldn't deign to remove it. All about Kirby. Right back at you. Mm. Kirby. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby's the one. Never really got into Kirby. It's fine. It's a shame. The new, you should try the demo. It's fun. I'll give it a try. You should play it with the boys. You can uh, 
you there's a co-op mode. Ooh, that's fun. I bet Nolan would be really into it. But Nash, I don't know. How are you? I'm pretty good. Spring break's coming up, and I sure. am ready for it, which is funny because basically I've had four winter breaks. I had regular winter break, week off because I had COVID, week, almost basically a week of snow days, and then another week of snow days later. Yeah, we've had two weeks this year where we've had one school day and the rest snow days. It's just crazy. Well, oddly enough, they were both on days where we had that Monday off for like a federal mm-hmm. holiday. How fun is that? The real fun. But yeah, so I'm ready for that. Um, kind of in the home stretch of the school year, which is always kind of a crazy time, mm-hmm. but can be fun. We took our first field trip that we've been on in like two years. Um, which to I think COVID land? We went to your high school. Oh. Um, probably. So yeah, COVID land. Yeah, basically. It was, it was madness, but it was fun. It was Norman North. <laughs> exactly. Madness. So... All things considered, I'm doing all right. All things considered, you're doing just fine. I'm going to stop now. I don't know what that was. Oh, it's a country song. I mean, I figured, but I just didn't really know it. Tweet the lyrics at Cameron Liner. Sure. But as you undoubtedly guessed, as every week, is we're here to talk about Boy Meets World. Fine. We've got a good one for us today. It was a good episode. I believe it's episode nine? Yeah. Season five, episode nine, How to Succeed at Business. I feel like you said that strangely. Well, I got all the canker sores, like I said. How to succeed in business. I think I said at business. Okay. How to succeed in business. I think I was thinking of the play How to Succeed at Business without really trying. Mm. It might be at. I don't know. It's not important. Chance, how about you give us a synopsis of the episode? Sure. Um, Corey and Sean are in a mailroom. They go upstairs. Sean answers a phone. Hilarity ensues. Uh... Amy and Eric are watching a soap opera. Eric says something stupid. Amy ends up in his... uh, Creative writing class. Well, yeah, in his college course. Um, Hilarity ensues. Yeah, pretty funny episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Little bonehead Corey. Yeah, Corey's a bummer, like, every step of the way. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about it. Oh, Oh, we can talk talk about it. (laughs) I got things to say about you, Corey. And none of them are good. Actually, I have things to say about you, Corey, Topanga, and Alan. You didn't even remember Alan was in this episode until I reminded you later. You reminded me, and then I remembered, oh yeah, I have issue with Alan. Really? Yes. Oh, I've got issue with Alan. Apparently real big issue because you forgot he was even in the episode. Well, Corey and Topanga are worse. (laughs) And Sean, kind of. But but, but Sean's lovable. We'll we'll get there. We're happy for Sean. We're very happy for Sean. As we should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we open up. Corey and Sean are in the mail room. Mm-hmm. Corey's sorting the mail. Look over. Sean's photocopying his face. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Thank doing you. work study. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of fun. Minus the you know unpaid internships are not great. Yeah, it's a real weird work study. Like no, they don't have like a mentor. Uh-huh. They don't seem to be shadowing anyone. Yeah, they're just working. Topanga, on the other hand, does. Like, she's working for a senator or something. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like is like a... Well, there's like page ships and things that you can do, like, at the state governments. You're basically going and working for a representative for a little bit of time. And people in high school will do that. Did you do that? I did not do that. But... I was about to call him a nerd, everybody. 
I am a nerd. We just spent all the time you were talking about Kirby, so you don't got much of a leg to stand on. I feel like... And we spent about 10 minutes at the beginning of this episode talking about the nature of language, so I don't think either of us have a leg to stand on. Yeah. I was about to say, I feel, I feel like the conceptual, conceptualization of language is a much nerdier topic than Kirby. <laughs> True. Yahi! What does it mean? What does Yahi mean? I don't know. It's made up. It's made up. Just like Kirby. Just like, just like everything. English Kirby. is sort of like Kirby in that it absorbs... Everything else and sort of takes on its characteristics. Mm-hmm. Kirby's the English language, people. We figured it out. We cracked it. End of podcast. It's true. But they're in the mailroom. <laughs> Don't rely on definitions. That's all I'm saying. But they're in the mailroom. Sorting the mail. And Sean's just goofing off. And Corey's like, stop goofing off. Mm-hmm. Like, we're here to work in the mail, like, work in the mailroom, be successful. And Sean's like, no one ever gets fired from work study. Like, that's dumb. Like, we're working for free. Like, I'm just going to photocopy my butt and send yeah. it to the boss. Yeah, because he's not paying us. Mm-hmm. Which, good on you, Sean. Of yeah. course you should. <clears throat> boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. Yeah, definitely. And for that matter, what are they doing working at a private advertising agency yeah. for work study? This is a very weird work study. Like, And how is, like, working in the mailroom, like, the thing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, zero things about the setup really make sense. No, they just wanted to do, like, a work episode, mm-hmm. and they called it Work Study, but it, it, like, doesn't make sense. Yeah. This was a script for a different show. <laughs> now, I like where it goes. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just a weird... We're not going to be negative, but I'm like, this was, like, a script for, like, step-by-step or something. Yeah, if this was, like, the college Boy Meets World times. Yeah. Like, this would make sense. But, because even, like, the quote-unquote dinner party at the end is kind of, like... Really grown up. Yeah, like, really, like, not high school. And uh-huh. it's just, like, this is not... This was not written for this show. Mm-hmm. They just tailored it. Yeah. And it, it, it works. This is not going to be a negative episode like some of our previous recent ones have. It just feels a little weird. Yeah, but the, it doesn't feel like Boy Meets World. Yeah, I feel like we need to call out the weirdness of the setup. The payoff is great, but the setup is weird. Mm-hmm. And now that we've done that, mm-hmm. we're introduced to a character. Yes, we that we have to figure out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, here's the deal, because mm-hmm. he said he's worked for this company for all of this time. Like 40 years or 30 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it was 40. He's pretty old. It's this very old man. But he's the same man that we see in the diner in Pottstown. Mm -hmm. So trapped in a hell dimension. Mm -hmm. We also see him. He's the announcer on uh, a high school quiz show. (laughs) Slash knowledge fever. Slash. And I don't think he's around for how that's cool. He is. Because he introduces Kiki once. Once. But then I think he's out after that. Mm -hmm. Um. So we got to figure out what to do with him. I don't remember what we said about one, the first showing to the second showing. But here's what, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. We have a, a three brothers situation. Oh, interesting. The three twin brothers. And so we have these three twin brothers. One of them disappeared. One of them threw himself into his work as a, as a mailroom person. But he had an important interview to be promoted out of the mailroom. But his brother went missing. And he was so distraught. He was just a few hours from home. Mm-hmm. And his brother just disappeared. 
And so he missed the interview, was kind of stuck in the mailroom, and felt that it was like he was just sort of stuck there. Mm-hmm. Never able to advance, never able to promote. While the other brother kind of latched onto this TV show because maybe he spent a lot of time trying to get them to at the news to be like, hey, we're trying to find this guy, trying to talk with reporters or whatever to try to get them to investigate. And then they never did, but then he ended up working at the TV station for Knowledge Fever. So you have the three brothers. One brother goes missing to the Pottstown Hell Dimension. Mm-hmm. Grows up there. And the other brothers, that's what happens with them. I love it. Print it. We've printed it. Why doesn't Corey... Chris Corey doesn't remember his time in the Hell Dimension. I mean, I was just going to say, why doesn't Corey recognize him, but... It's because Corey doesn't Mm -hmm. remember his time in the Hell Dimension. And Corey's very focused on himself. It's true. Like, let's be honest. That's the real thing. (laughs) Corey's very self-centered. Why would he remember um, some person he barely ran into a year year and a half ago? Well, almost three years because of the collapsed timeline. True, true. Very true. Um, So, yeah. And Corey's talking with Sean... Saying, like, you sit close to me. Like, I'm built for business. Like, I'm going to climb this ladder right to the top, and you're going with me. We're going right behind me, because that's how ladders work. And Sean's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And even at this point, I see the flaw in Corey's plan. Because Corey is not a corporate America person. No. Like, he is not a person cut out for that at all. But he just thinks in his mind, like, I'm middle class, white. Uh-huh. I can I can achieve we're getting these things. There. We're getting. I can there. achieve these things. So I'm go. Of course, I'm going to be successful at this mm-hmm. because I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. And Sean is poor. Is poor, and so he's not supposed to. But I'm going to be nice and bring him along with me. Yeah. Oh, what a fool! It is foolish, Corey. It is a constant throughout this episode that Corey's middle class. He's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Sean's in danger. Sean can struggle. Mm-hmm. Corey is going to be okay. And like, Corey thinks it. Topanga thinks it. Alan thinks it. Like, we'll get to the others, but like... Yeah, it's already on display here. But it is deeply problematic. Yes. And woefully, like, tragic. Like, it's bad. It's mm-hmm. bad. But yeah, we see it. we see it here, like... I'm built for this. And calling it back to the cold open of this show. But, like, Corey's just built for business. Business, yeah. Like, blanket business. Yeah. What, There's, what it's, just, it's just business, Chance. It's just, They're in a tall office building. Business happens there. And Corey is ready for it. Because, like, advertising is very different than investment banking. Or accounting. Or mm-hmm. tech anything. Or any Sales? other business, you know, businesses versus small businesses, large businesses. Yeah, it's like, I, I feel like this is a thing in, um, like, shows kind of like Boy Meets World, but even like like Barney Stinson to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Like, uh, like... Of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. For anyone. Of matter. How I Met Your Mother. Of like this conceptual category of business, and you're that's supposed to tell you everything that you know. Uh-huh. Like it's a meaningless word that says nothing. Yeah, but because all we really know in that show is that he's not a great person in terms of his work. Yeah, what he does, and he makes a lot of money, and that's really all we know. Yeah, I think through like ten seasons or whatever, nine seasons. I don't even know. 
But it's just like business. Yeah, and what is business supposed to invoke to us? It's supposed to invoke suits, desks. Prestige. Yeah, prestige to a certain extent. Like, like a little bit of power um, for certain people. Uh, what, what are they called? Secretaries. Mm-hmm. Like Phones. It, wood paneling. It's just this word that is absolutely meaningless in the show because Corey doesn't say like, I'm cut out for corporate finance or I'm cut out for sales. Sales, or I'm cut out for um, like administrative, uh, was it um, human resource, like uh-huh. putting people where they're supposed HR to go? HR, or I'm thinking when I worked for a company, it's like, oh, I work for this company, and that could mean all sorts of things. Yeah, it's like I was in customer service, but if I said I worked for that company, they might have thought I built the furniture, yeah. <laughs> or or I'm talking with the people Put the that kids make in the cabinets. Yeah, it's like I'm. Yeah, it's like, no, there's it's a million different directions you can go with business. Yeah, it's just like, but Corey... He's like, ready to succeed at business. He's just like, oh yeah, I, I, I do business, that's what I do. Like, what are you, what are you talking <laughs> about? You, what are you doing? Uh, business? It's like, I just watched it today, which is why I'm thinking of it. The episode of Community where there's night school, and like they've created all these fake classes like learning, yeah. <laughs> intro to intermediate... Yeah, I remember that theoretical episode. phys ed. Um, it's just like these don't mean anything. Yeah, school one hundred and one. Yeah, business. So yeah, it's it's just so weird when they were when Corey was like on his little rant about like looking up to me and how he's built for the business world and how he's supposed to be an executive. I'm mean, just lis- listening to him. I'm like, no one could ever take you seriously. Because you're just blathering on about a conceptual category uh-huh. that. You clearly know nothing about. Like, and then when we see him interacting with business people in yeah. just a moment, it's like, oh, no. Oh, dear, Corey, <laughs> you should not be here. You should run far away. It's true. Um, yeah, because they go, <laughs> or the, the old man who's working there, he's like, oh, you guys want to be at the at the top? I'm like, yeah, well, I got something for you. Here you go. And he gives him the mail cart to like go deliver the mail. And yeah. so they go off to do that. Yeah, they head upstairs. And when they get up there, Corey's like, just follow my lead. He's like putting the mail down, making no eye contact. Mm-hmm. And Sean's like being very personable. He's just like, hey, here's your mail. Oh, what a lovely family. Like talking and schmoozing a little bit. Just being Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Corey corrects him. He's like, no, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, don't even look at him. <laughs> he like hands the mail to someone while looking down. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's a... Peasant. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> it is weird. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, apparently, Corey idealizes people like this, which he doesn't, right? Yeah, this is like, a, this is another, like, show, don't tell. Yeah. Where they've not shown this at all. Yeah, Corey has never once expressed any interest in, business. quote, unquote, business. Um, and I could I could see, like, a middle-class kid like Corey be, getting this work study for this prestigious law firm and then like working themselves up and being like, oh, oh, this is my destiny. Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to succeed in business. This is the first day of the rest of my life. Yeah. I could definitely see that, um, which talks to a level of privilege that really bothers me mm-hmm. as someone who's been poor his entire life. But <laughs> Yes, yes, you have. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... Annoying. 
Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. But then they're walking by and the phone starts ringing. Mm -hmm. And it's at a desk where nobody is. And Sean kind of looks around. He's going to pick it up. And Corey's like, what are you doing? He's like, I know one thing about life. You answer a phone. Mm -hmm. When the phone's ringing, you answer it. Mm -hmm. And so he does. Um, And it's we don't ever hear the person on the other side. But they're asking about ads. Mm -hmm. And they're very upset because they're supposed to have them. And Sean just kind of handles it. Yeah. Um, He... Talks the person down, everything's good, and then someone very imposing kind of comes around the corner in their suit. Morris, I think. Morris, yeah, I think it's Morris. And he's just like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, so-and-so called. <laughs> he, he's, he's very confrontational. This is, I mean, Sean is great here. Like, he's very personable, like you said. Corey rebukes him, and he's like, well, well, okay, I guess. Like, And then uh, this guy comes, and he's like... I'm Sean Hunter. Who are you? <laughs> He's like, who are you? Oh, his name is George Feeney. <laughs> yeah. And then Sean. Sean like gets up way. all on his face because he's not impressed with this guy. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm Sean Hunter. Who are you? He's like, vice president so-and-so. Uh-huh. Of this advertising company. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Sean's like, oh, uh, you just missed a call. Uh-huh. So he explains the situation. He's like, I like the way you handled that. Uh-huh. How about you work up here? And he's like, okay. Yeah. And Corey's like, how could this happen? Uh-huh. This is wrong. It was supposed to be me. All he did was answer a phone. No, all he, all he did was know how to talk to people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's most of business. It's yes. a good chunk of business. Yeah. Of, of quote unquote business. Uh-huh. Whatever business it is. You have to in- interact with people. Yeah. At a personable level. This is an interesting follow-up to last week's episode. Like, this coming right after the I want what you have, Corey episode. Mm-hmm. And is, then he, like, gets what Corey wants. Yeah, it's it's just an interesting, like... Because Corey's proven wrong in that episode, but not, like, super wrong. Like, he's proven wrong, like, you're a kid, not an adult... But he's not proven wrong in, like, the whole, like, don't you want what I have thing. Mm-hmm. Which we talked about last week is, like, fairly problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the episode kind of ends in a place where, like, you no, know, Sean does what, what, want what Corey has. And, like, we're supposed to be good with that. Yeah. So it, it's it's just kind of a, it's a weirdly placed episode where we're kind of dealing with this again. But right away. Right away, and from, like, a different angle. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm just wondering how intentional that was. I wonder, now that you've mentioned that, because I know in Girl Meets World, there's the whole plot line of Riley trying to make Maya like Riley. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a whole season arc. Yeah, pretty Or much. more. Um, I wonder if they, in Girl Meets World, were kind of looking back to here, to this kind of moment where Corey, you know, Sean, I want what you have. And kind of doing that again. But I don't know if they did it better. It kind of got to it. And I was like, is that really what happened? Yeah. We talked about that a little last week, too. Just like, when you watch... Like, every time I've ever seen that on Girl Meets World. Especially the, like, Corey made Sean Corey thing. Mm-hmm. When, when you really get to that in Girl Meets World, I feel like the answer is like, well, no. That didn't... Like, that didn't happen. Yeah, Sean made Sean Sean. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know why... I don't really know why that's a thing. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, the purse made Sean. Like, 
different. Right. Um, if if there is, I we argued last week that Sean's character growth has actually been really good and really solid and yeah. like not out of nowhere. Um, but if you know you have to have a miraculous moment where Sean changed, it'd be the purse more than Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I wonder if that was it, it, we talked about it last week, so I won't dwell on it much. But I wonder how intentional that was. Like, I wonder, was this a storyline that the season five writer, not not writer strong, writer. <laughs> writer. Pen, pen person. Yeah. If that, That's what we call them in the, the, in the business. In the business. Because we call business. them pen person. Because they in, have the pen and they pen it. In business, yeah. Um, if the person, whoever wrote it, wrote it intentionally trying to follow this thread and like the person who did Girl Meets World knew that because I know they had some of like the original staff and they like finally followed up with it way too late kind of a another How I Met Your Mother thing where mm-hmm. there was like an original intent but that doesn't work with the new with, uh-huh. with everything that's come between but I just wonder yeah we'll never know because Michael Jacob wants to come on the show Michael Jacob we have some we have some questions you're welcome always welcome I know you're a big fan uh-huh. So, just have your people send me a Twitter message or chance. I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> they are pretty good, surprisingly good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's all for that scene. Sean gets promoted. Corey gets forgotten. Corey's calls the ambulance. Yeah, he's got a problem with it. Um, but then we cut to the kitchen and Amy and Eric are kind of sitting at the table. Amy's got a little tiny TV. She's going to be watching a soap opera, I guess. And Eric turns it off. He's like, what are you doing? You need to go. Out into the world. Your kids are done. Mm-hmm. Why he's saying this, I don't know. Because he wants to watch the Look, show and cry. I mean, he could just do that with his mom. He could go upstairs and do that. He could do that at his house where he lives. I, he could do that in the living room. There's a bigger TV right next, right through the kitchen door. But it's Eric. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> what more? What better excuse do you need? I mean, he's an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, he's like, she's like, well, there is one thing I've always wanted to do. This presents a bit of a timeline problem for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big of one it is. We'd really have to look, because I don't know when she stops talking about the gallery and the realtor uh-huh. job. I don't know when that happens. I feel like those are all season one. We'll, we'll have to look. We'll, we'll have to do some Only research. we've written it down. I think we did. What fools. Um, but if it's season two, we're okay. Mm-hmm. If it carries into season three, we've got a problem. Um, because she says four years. Now we have the collapsed year. Uh-huh. The sophomore, junior year. So that's season four. I really don't think it was season three. No. I really think both of her jobs were mentioned in season two. Or season one. Yeah. Maybe very, very early two. Because there's the episode where Corey catches Eric and the girl that's on the right. bed. But that's very early season two. That that's like the second episode. And that's the last time I think we hear about a gallery from Amy. Yeah, that could be. So this tracks. Plus we have all the collapsing timelines. Night the lights went out in Philadelphia stuff. I mean... We can correct it if we need to. Yeah. Not not difficultly. Yeah. It it slots in, I feel like. Yeah. And even then, like, we don't know if the gallery was a job or maybe it was just, like, a side project. Uh-huh. They it's doing like... Work. You know, it's like... The realty was a job. Mm-hmm. Like Season my wife one... has 
friends who do stuff, and sometimes she would, like, help them out. Yeah. Um, not much lately. But I'm thinking when we lived in Boston, she had a friend who did, like, weddings. And there's a couple weddings that she, like, helped her out with. Or maybe just one. I don't even remember. But, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's uh, explainable. Yeah. But Eric is just... I mean, on the one hand, he's encouraging his mom to go do something. On the other hand, it's just sort of out of nowhere and just kind of mean. Yeah, well, and it's selfish because he wants just, the TV. He just wants to do something alone so he doesn't compromise his masculinity by crying and enjoy a soap opera. Mm-hmm. I'm, I say go for it if you want to enjoy a soap opera. Yeah, never been gonna, never been one myself. We're not yucking anybody's yum here. It's true. Um, so yeah, but she goes off. She's like, "There's something I've always wanted to do." He's yeah, and she's like, like do "Thanks, it. Eric," and he's like, "No problem." And then she leaves, and he turns on the TV and cries. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. She does say, "Well, I've always had like mother and wife stuff, like raising the kids." He's like, "We're raised. We're done." Yeah, that comes back later. Yeah, I guess Morgan's still pretty young, but old enough. She's in school. Yeah, she's in school, like, and has been for a while. Gosh, by the end of the series, we really need to nail down Morgan's ages and how any time anomalies may have affected them. Mm-hmm. Got to be all sorts of messed up. They never really say her age most of the time. I can think of a few instances, but mm-hmm. we'll have to. That'll have it's to like be part does of she the... age at the same pace as Corey? Mm-hmm. Or is or, there something else going on? Or Eric? I, I I mean I feel like from Morgan one to Morgan two, we have at least a couple years jump. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we have a canon age jump or not. No, I don't think so. We'll figure it out eventually. That that's actually, not our that's not our battle today. No. We've already had our battles. Amy's job and the mailroom man. Yes. Um so it is a dual storyline. Um a surprisingly interesting comparison dual storyline um that we'll get to once these things start resolving. Mm-hmm. Um, but these things sound sound very unrelated, but they kind of aren't in a way. So good job on that. Yeah, pen, there, pen people. There's like a thematic through line of the two, like I'm proud of storylines. Yeah, for what they did here. We're proud of you for what you did here. The things they penned. Yeah, those pen people. Um, and then we cut to the office again. Uh-huh. Sean is at a desk getting mail from Corey, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Corey's like, are you okay? And Sean's like, yeah, yeah. They even, gave me, they even a- gave me a little assignment. Yeah. Because why not? Because they're not paying him. Yes. Maybe they are paying him at this point. I don't know. I could see it because he said my temp wasn't here. Like, I, Are they paying Sean? I hope they're paying Sean. Can you can you get paid at a work study? I don't see why not. I don't know. It can be under the table. <laughs> Businesses <laughs> love that stuff. Business. Let me just slide you some cash under the table. They're, they're paying him in perks. Like a fax machine. And a credit card. And a, what they don't tell you is that's a Visa MasterCard. He can use it whatever he wants. It's untraceable. Yeah. Amex Black. Yeah. I mean. Do you remember? This is unrelated. Did you ever read the uh, Matt Fraction Hawkeye? Uh, I think so. Um, it was. But there's like a whole storyline where basically S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Amex Black card with no limit got stolen. And the uh, Hawkeye has to go like try to recover it. I just think it was kind of a funny little storyline. That was the one that did like the really minimal color work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. David Asia. Yeah, um, that's beautiful. It was a lot of the inspiration, I think, for the Hawkeye TV show. Oh, but fantastic. I didn't watch. I never watched it. I, I didn't watch the show, it. but I think it got some nods. 
in that show. I remember it being very good. I don't remember specifics anymore. <clears throat> it's just kind of a funny thing. Like, the super extra government agency, their credit card got stolen. <laughs> Can you get it back, please? It has no limit. <laughs> you, could, you could buy Belarus. You could. Someone should. Somebody should. Um, anyway, yeah, so Corey's like, oh, are you okay? And he's being very like, you, you, you're, you're going to fail up here because you're not middle class. Um, I mean that, yeah. It's all it's coded, but that's what's really being said. It's not really. It's either. barely coded. <laughs> um, but he's like, I got this toothpaste. Try to give him a youth angle, and I think you know, fresh breath is sexy. Uh-huh. So why not? And the Corey's like, no, bacteria, bacteria, plaque, teeth falling out, gingivitis. That's the angle you need to go. He's, he's like, like, I don't know, Core, but. Sean sticks to his guns. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. If we learned anything last week, Sean, it's don't listen to Corey. Except do listen. That's weird. It's the conclusion of last week's episode still bothers me when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Just don't listen to Corey. Yeah, but don't should go, have been the conclusion. Don't go. Li- go. Don't go eat at whatever it's called. I can't want to say Bellinis, but that's not right. Oh yeah. Uh, I have no idea. It's not important. But don't go eat there. Go eat a burger. And don't listen to Corey. Yes, that's what we should have. Fresh breath is sexy. And you know it. And, uh, yeah, so Corey's a bit downcast as Sean goes into that meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Could have been me. Could have been me hawking the gingivitis. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Eric's in class. Yeah. He's saving a seat for Monica. Monica. What happened to so-and-so? She found out about Monica. Monica. I think it was Janet, wasn't it? Something what like happened that. to Janet? She found out about Monica. <laughs> um, so they, Jack moves and then... Amy, Jack is trying to sit somewhere. Yeah, Jack is trying to sit in class. Uh, and Eric tells him no, because he's saving it for Monica. Mm-hmm. But then who should come in to the class but Amy? He, she asks a girl, is someone sitting here? And Eric's like, no, Mom. Mom. <laughs> Yes. It turns out this is something she's always wanted to do, is to take a creative writing class. Mm-hmm. But but this is creative writing. Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize this was your class. Mm-hmm. There's only ever one class mm-hmm. at this at this university, because Pembroke is a joke fake school. Hey, we're not there yet. We're basically there. No, nothing about Pembroke has been inherently joke fake, except it has a terrible dean... Spoiler alert, everyone. When we get into season six, I am ripping this institution apart. Brick by brick. He is going in far too um, Guns primed for this. We're supposed to let the, the episodes change our opinions. It's if not. Possible. So far, it's not. Well, except for the fact that I still don't know what the dean is dean, dean of. of. It's I, unimportant. But the dean is just a jerk, but I would assume many... Many deans are yeah. just... Deans aren't. They're not saints. They're deans. Yeah. But nothing nothing yet has shown us that Pembroke is a subpar Why do you think they named Dean and Gilmore Girls that? Because deans suck. <laughs> sure. If, if you're a college dean out there, we don't mean F you. you. Oh. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm sure you're fine. Lovely people. Are we t- are we taking an Adam Levine esque stance against a dean? <laughs> no, we're not. I just got worked up. I thought it'd be kind of funny, and I was right. A uh, an Adam Levine esque stance. 
Um. <laughs> On Dean's. The name, the job. Hate them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we going with this? Oh, Amy's in the class. <laughs> and Eric is just not happy about it. No. He's not having it. No. And I think that's basically it. Uh, well, Monica comes in and sits down. And oh, then Amy's like, is this Monica? She's really pretty. Yeah. Sit up straight, dear. <laughs> I just like that. Oh, Eric, she's really pretty. Yeah. And Monica's into it. She's like, <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> so that's like a secondhand compliment. That's the best kind. Yeah. Jack is great in this episode, too. He's not there to do much. But when, after Amy finishes talking, Jack's like, your mom is awesome. <laughs> And Eric's just not having any of it. No. He's being a brat. He's being an Eric. He's being a Matthews boy. Yeah, because Matthews boys are the worst. Some would say. Right up there with Dean's. Right there with Dean's. Um, but yeah, and then we cut to the mail room. Mm-hmm. Topanga's in there talking to Corey. That she said something to the, the senator, and now it's going to be a law. Because that's how it works. Yes. He's like, well, that reminds me. I told Hank or whatever that we should get self-adhesive stamps. When would they say? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, I got to go do something important. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But Sean really looks up to you. Like, don't rub it in his face that you're doing so well. Yeah, what is Corey telling her? I don't think... I, I don't think Corey's telling her anything. She's just assuming. She's just like, my... Upper middle My class. darling middle class boy. Yes. Why must be succeeding. Yeah. Business. It's business. How to succeed in business, baby. Be, be middle class and that's it. That's it. <clears throat> there's, there's maybe an element of like Ben Savage is very Jewish. There's like, there's like a, a tinge of that as well. Cause like, I mean, look at him. Like he's a very Jewish man. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna do greater business. Yeah. Business. And it's like quote unquote. It's not good. No, like, it's really not. It's just not a great element to add to anything. It like it's not a great element to add to an already super problematic like thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's <laughs> I don't know. At the in this scene, when they kinda like zoom out of Corey. I'm just like, man, it doesn't help me in this scene right now how Jewish he looks. <laughs> nope. Sorry about you. Um, and then do we cut back to class? Uh, well, the 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 um, brother comes in. The old brother from your theory about the three brothers. Oh, I was like, Eric, Jack. No. That's all I've got. <laughs> the, old, the old man comes back in and he's like, and he... Corey starts whining to him, and he's just like, I don't care. Uh-huh. And he's like, all Sean did was pick up a phone. Was it ringing? Yeah. Smart. Smart. <laughs> smart guy. This is a smart guy. And this gives Corey, like... An idea. Oh. Yes, then cut to, I think it's Eric class. I think so, because this is where you hear Amy's first short story. Yes. Uh, but there's a much more important... Oh, which is Eric's short story. Yes, it's Eric's incredible short story... And another thing 
that is in my everyday Me vocabulary. Too. I think about this all the time. Well, I say this all the time. Yeah. Whenever like whenever a, a situation comes up where I can say, and that's life. And it's all we have. <laughs> I, I do every single time. I'm like, that's life. And it's all we've got. <laughs> he's yeah, so he just cut he's reading his story and he's like, and it was at that point I realized either I was going the wrong way or that's in my truck was. But that's life. And it's, it's all, all we have. God. And I, I, I say it all the freaking time. Whenever someone's like, you know, if someone's like, man, today really sucks. And someone's like, that's life. I'll think, I'll think to myself or probably likely say to their confusion. And it's all we have. That's life. And it's all we've got. <laughs> like, Is it have or got? I, I feel I, like I've always said have. But maybe I just always think that. All right, we're looking it up. And for some reason, this is a scene that I always associate with Eric's one man, one woman show. Well, it's very because it's in the same vein. It it's very this similar, but but I this little insignificant part of this episode like has stuck with me my entire life. Okay, here we go. Ready? Either I was going the wrong way, or that semi truck was. But that's life, <laughs> and it's all we have. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've always said it, that's all we got. But yeah, that's either way, life. and that's all we have. Yeah, and it's so good. And everyone's just like, yeah, it was clapping for him. And then he's like, Amy, how about you come read your story? Uh-huh. And so she, because I guess that's all they do in this class is they just write their stories and read them to each other. I yeah. never took a writing class, or like a creative writing class. Really wish I had. I was in the right major for it. It's true. I just never did. Um, there are lots of options. But I feel like I remember people saying that this was a lot of what they did in their creative writing classes. Is they just have writing that they have to do and then they read. And they would always complain that there's some people who were like really high on their own work. Oh, yeah. And it's like everybody... Oh, yes. basically, well, because everyone's English major, so everyone's trying to be the next Jack Kerouac. Why? Because they're pretentious English majors. But shouldn't and Jack Kerouac is the epitome of what they want to be. But after this week, shouldn't everyone want to be Brando Sando? Yeah, I, I do. I'm just happy being a Brando Sando Fando. Brando Sando Fandos. Uh, I mean, he's Jeez. probably only on track to make $40 million <laughs> off of four books. Yeah. $40 million off of four books. I mean... Not bad. I mean, right now it's at like twenty four million. Uh-huh, it sounds like twenty something days left. Twenty six. Yeah, I feel like the the big amount has come in. Well, they they say you take bring in about fifty percent in the first five days. Well, we just hit day five. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. So, I mean, it's on track. Yes. If you didn't realize or know what the heck we're talking about, author Brandon Sanderson. Brando Sando. Brando Sando. He um, released a Kickstarter where he said, I have a confession. I hope I don't, didn't let you all down. But I took a break from traveling like everybody did because of COVID. And I accidentally wrote five books. And four of them I'm going to release on Kickstarter. Like through this Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. For like over the course of a year. Yeah. He's calling it the year of Sanderson mm-hmm. in 2023. And everybody lost their minds. And it's already made... $24 million. Yeah, I think I checked this morning. It was $24 million. And it, the goal was just a million dollars. Yeah. And it's the most backed Kickstarter ever. So don't be Jack Kerouac, kids. If you want to be good at business, and by business we mean writing. 
And Brando Sando has way more fun than Jack Kerouac. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. And way less drugs. Yeah. So, but that's most people. English majors out there, look to Brando Sando. Uh, he is a big role model for Cameron. He's a legend. I think he's great. I, I have never been quite as high on him as many others. Um, but it's probably because his most beloved works have always been a bit difficult for me to parse into. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, if, if I got into them, if I like got over that hump of starting them, I'm sure... I'm sure you'd be right there. I'm sure I'd be there. Um, but yes, Amy gets up to read her story. And... Brando she, Sando, she is. She's some sort of genre writer, <laughs> we'll just say. She, she's like, story of a young mother, or young wife. Yeah. yeah uh, young wife, not mother. I thought it was a young married woman. Young married woman, something like that. Um, and... <laughs> Eric's like, oh great, a thousand words on dryer lint. And then she's like, the wedding was over. The Alan the, approached the me. hotel room was as pretty as a picture. Alan approached me and I began to tremble. <laughs> and Eric's just like <gasps> hands over his ears, just freaking out. And everyone else is just like, oh. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> but then we cut to um we're back at the business. And Corey's delivering mail, and the phone is ringing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey answers the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it in a instance of what I what I find re- really good storytelling, and maybe I read too much into it, but I don't think I did. Like where as Sean casually picks up the phone because that's what you do. Like, yeah, Corey is he like assumes the position, like tries to get in the mindset, puts the headset on. And, like, it's much more manufactured and forced. And then he does what Sean did, but the way he thinks Sean should have done it, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Whereas Sean was... And Sean's, when he's talking, he's like... Talking to a person. Yeah, he's talking to the person on the phone. He's just like, well, like, they're not to you because we want them to be the best. And so, like, they're not ready yet. Because yeah. we want to make sure that they're the best before we send them to you. And then Corey's like, well, we didn't send them because they're not good. <laughs> and it's like sort of the same message, but entirely different message. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not well framed. Because Sean even does a great job of like, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of putting an onus on the recipient. Like, isn't this obvious to you? Like, mm-hmm. which could go really badly, but also like puts them in a position where they have to respond um, with thought. Right. So it's like, don't you think if they're not to you, we have a very good reason? Uh-huh. And, of course, it's like... They're not good? Yeah. That we didn't get them to because they weren't good. Oh, please stop yelling. Uh-huh. Yes. So in Sean's case, starts off yelling, calms him down. Yeah. Corey's case causes him to start yelling. Yes. But then who should come around the corner but Mr. Morris? And Sean. And then Sean comes off the elevator. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, who was that? It's like, it's Mr. Davis. And it's like, he mentioned going with another uh, agency. Agency, And then Corey just starts to walk off. But How then, about I go on a lunch uh, run? Lunch run falafel? Um, and then to add insult to injury, Morris is like, Sean, fix what... Yeah, fix what he messed up. Uh, fix what this kid messed up. And um, he's like, you know, I'm really sorry, but the guy's not having it. And he's just like, this isn't the place for you. Which mm-hmm. is true. It's not. Yeah, it's really not. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's probably a good thing. Advertising is a really, like, kind of scummy business anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Not if it's done right. There's good advertising, but... I was having that thought, too, as I was thinking about the field of advertising. I'm just kind of like, I don't really like being advertised to. Yeah. I feel like now more than ever. I think there are good... There, there's good advertising, but like... Now, if you are an advertiser and you need some advertising and you want us to do it, we'll do it. If you're listening. It's true. Don't think what I just said means I don't want to sell stuff for you. If you want to pay me money to do that for you on this podcast. I actually think small-time podcasters is a, is a mark of like good advertising. Um, because it's like very personal and like there's a lot of like personal anecdotes... Um, but one of the things that was really big in the 90s that we have now universally decided is, like, awful is, like, the whole five out of six doctors recommend or, like, all that. And it's all garbage. Like, it's all, like, technically true put together, but it's not, like, actual studies or mm-hmm. – and they're literally asking six doctors and, like, all of that garbage that was going on to, like, give themselves fake authority mm-hmm. in a thing. It was just like the '90s, especially at this time, was like kind of a really scummy time for advertising. That and Mad Men times. Yes. Maybe that was just the character, the Madman. Yes. I forget his name. It's not important. The the the, the titular Madman. <laughs> John Hamm's character. I've seen the first four episodes several times. No, just twice, but D something. You know who we're talking about. Yes. The Madman. The ma- the Madman. It was originally called Mad Men. And yeah. Like, no, that might give the wrong uh, impression. They're Call all Mad terrible. Men. I, I did stop watching that show because everyone is terrible in it at all times. Yeah. Don Draper. Don Draper, that's right. A real it. Don Draper type. Yeah. So, Corey, leave, leave advertising. Uh huh. So, but he gets fired. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the apartment where Monica. Monica. And uh, Eric and Jack are kind of hanging out. And then who should come but Amy? Yeah. And I was like, Amy, it's great to see you. Well, Jack walks in with Amy. But... Uh, I was like, Amy, it's great to see you. It's like, why are you calling her that? Her name is Mrs. Matthews. <laughs> and uh, there's just kind of this conflict between them where she's going to read their next short story, which is, or I think Eric takes it to start reading it. And he's like, ah, an evening, evening in Cape Cod. This is more like it. I don't know where he, what, why he thought that. Uh, but then he starts reading, and it's like, Alan walked towards me, and I began to quiver. Don't you do anything but quiver. <laughs> don't you do anything but quiver. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, someone they, does need to have a talk with Eric. Like, when adults go on vacation, they have sex. <laughs> and just like, this is what her other story was like. <laughs> it seems to be a thing that continues. This has apparently happened quite a few times. Yes. Like, I don't know what you were expecting. To happen here. Yes. Uh, Amy and her sexcapades. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll keep getting into that, actually. <laughs> um, but then Eric's just like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Like, do College you, is my time. Don't you have your children you need to take care of? They're not done yet. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. They're clearly You're the one. Actually, Corey also needs a bit of help. Yeah. Um, think of your children. They're not done yet. And he's also like, college is my time. And she's like, I've been a wife and a mother for most of my life, and that's okay with me, but sometimes I need more. And if you're not going to see that, I am going to leave. Yeah, and she walks out, and i got to feel like Jack is like, but she was going to help me. <laughs> yeah, she came to help me with my story, because she's good at story. telling stories. And thanks a lot, Eric. <laughs> yeah. 
She's going to help me make a sexy story about fresh breath. Well, just write what you'd know. Oh, gosh. Anyway. That would be awkward. Now we cut back to the house and Corey's sitting at the table watching the soap operas. Yes. Feeling very sad because I guess they just don't ever go to school during work study. No, because this episode wasn't written. Because it doesn't make sense. (laughs) This episode wasn't written for high schoolers. Um, But yeah, so he's very sad. Alan comes in. You look like you just got canned from work study. I did. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But then what he says to Corey, it's the bad, like you said. But then there's also the good a little bit, too. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, you didn't succeed. Oh, Sean is succeeding. But then also, like, you should be happy for your friend. Yeah, he does say that. But there's just a tone of, like, you should be happy for your friend because he's doing well where he's not supposed to do well. (laughs) Well, there's a tone of that. And also, like, you're going to do fine. Mm -hmm. Like, not if he keeps acting like this, he's not. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, like, call him out and be like, you ever think that this entitled behavior is... The problem? Mm-hmm. But no, because Alan helps make it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's just this undertone of like, which the episode never corrects. Mm-hmm. Like, the episode is never like, actually, anyone can make it anywhere. It's the American dream. No, because even at the ending note, it's like, you're going to be fine, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're middle class. You're fine. Upper middle class. And even when he tells Sean at the end, like, I'm proud of you, he's like, really? Yeah. It's like, that's the... The surprise mm-hmm. to, to Sean. And, and, and Corey, like, I get comparing yourself to a friend. Like, there's an extent to which I get that. Especially, like, young male egos are super fragile. Like Because we allow them to be. But yeah. We don't build up any resilience. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I mean, it can't be. But, but, like, the whole, like, folk fixation, like, if it wasn't Sean, it would have been me. Like, is just so bratty and entitled and like it's very much like it's very much to me the people who convince themselves that the election was faked like like Mm -hmm. you're you're a brat who's not getting what you want but it's everyone else's fault but yours what was that thing i sent you the was it the dictum oh you're acting like a dick and then people call you out on it so you play the victim yeah yeah the dictum yes Exactly like that. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's all sorts of messed up. Mm-hmm. And before we go on, because we're almost well, shot, we'll finish this scene and then we're gonna take a break. Yeah. But Sean comes in and he's like, "I just had lunch with Mr. Davis. What on <laughs> earth did you say to him?" It's, it's one of my favorite lines, right up there with Eric's. Um, that's life, and it's all we have. <laughs> um, that's a great line. But one of my favorite lines is, "What did you say to him?" <laughs> He's exasperated, like... It wasn't good. <laughs> it's probably like he gave them the idea and, like, planned it all out. He's like, this is exactly what we want you to do. And then Corey's like, it wasn't good. It's true. Uh, one of our male people got on the phone. <laughs> yeah. One of our ma- Who ever heard of such a He's clinically thing? insane. <laughs> um, and they're like, Corey, I got you your job back. Which, why? Why are you excited about this? You were miserable. Yeah, like, I don't... And he's... I got you your job back that you don't get paid. Yeah. That you really desperately needed. Yeah, it's mind-blowing to me. Mm -hmm. But he's like, oh, they want me back. And it's like, 
the delusions continue. Mm-hmm. They don't want you back. But before we get to the end of the episode, kind of wrapping up both of these storylines, something we need to do. No! Sleep! sleep. Till Bobka! No! Sleep! Till Bobka! That's right. It's everyone's favorite. Podcast within a podcast. The Yeasty Boys. And I'm here today with a really good bread. Ooh, I don't have one, so... Good. Well, not good. But I'm glad I have one, so that we have one. Because last week, during the snow days, my wife made some soup and made extra and gave it to some friends. And then they, on Monday, made us some soup and I and gave us our bowl back that we lent them soup in. And they had soup that they made back to us. But she also included some homemade bread. What kind of bread? Was it a babka? No. It was oh, just okay. like white bread. But it was so good. Like, I mean... The, just, it was just homemade bread. Mm. That fresh homemade stuff, it's difficult. I think it's from like a bread machine. Oh, yeah. Just good. I, uh, my girlfriend and I were planning our honeymoon this week. And, like... Ooh, la, la. Well, yes. Um, but I, I told her, every time we ever go to an island, like, which I don't know why we ever would, other than our honeymoon, but... Yes. Uh, every time we ever go to an island, just assume I'm going to want to move there because I've always dreamed of living on an island. Um, Maybe a lighthouse keeper. A lighthouse keeper. And we were looking up things to do and, and like there's like year-round festivals, like a fudge festival and a lilac festival. The year-round? So it's a fudge festival all the time? No, like there's Or they just have festivals all throughout the year. Yeah, there's different Okay, festivals. that's a little different. But imagine if there was always... At all times, a fudge, a fudge and lilac well, festival. The town is very famous for fudge, so there's like 15 fudge shops in a very small town. You're gonna have to figure out what the best one is. Well, that's what that that is a regular activity when you go there is getting a little bit from each one, and you get to watch the fudge makers make the fudge. Yes, you just get to watch them. He's reading the paper. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fudge maker reading the paper. <laughs> He's handsome. But anyway, they're just like us. And we were reading it, and I was reading about their um, Halloween festival, and it sounds like really fun. It sounds like basically the entire island has a huge party. Um, Love that. Yeah, it sounds. It, this is Mackinac Island. Yeah, Mackinac Island in Michigan. In Michigan, um, and we were like, well, we've got to go back someday for the for this Halloween festival. That sounds incredible. And then I was like, why don't we just move there? And she's like, what would we do there? Become and, a fudge maker. <laughs> no, this is still Yeasty Boys. I'm tying Become it Become a in. bread maker. Yes. I, I, I looked up. I'd sent her like a whole bunch of plots of land on Zillow. <laughs> oh my God, how expensive would it be? Um, it, they weren't bad plots of land. I feel like materials, because it's an island, would be really expensive. Uh-huh. But in this economy? In this economy. But I sent her, well... Well, never mind. Um, I sent her a whole bunch of um, plots of land. She's like, okay, well, what are we going to build on it? I was like, a bakery. And on top of the bakery is our house so that we can always have the smell of fresh bread Uh just everywhere. And then next to it is going to be a dormitory where we house our workforce during the tourist months. And our workforce is going to be... Uh, Called the Yeasty Boys? No. 
young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Okay, but you can call them the Yeasty Boys. We can. And, and girls. girls. The Yeasty Boys and girls. Uh, I was like, and we're gonna we're gonna have this dormitory, and they're gonna be our main employees, and it's gonna be kind of like a life skills training, but also business kind of thing. I want this for you, <laughs> and I want to come visit. Um, but yeah, I was like, man, the smell of fresh bread. Like, that's just what I want all the time. You should just do that here. But I, I, could, I could do it on Mackinac Island. I know. But then you'd be away from me. That's true. Or you could just move to Mackinac Island. I could. And I could start a schoolhouse. Well, there is a school on Mackinac Island. We've looked. Uh, it has about 80 kids. Um, and that is K through 12. And they have 10 teachers. But they are looking for a guidance counselor, so... Oh, I could guide them. And counsel them. Mm-hmm. Work at my friend's bakery if you have intellectual disabilities <laughs> and need some life skills. Anyway, all that was to say. Fresh bread. Fresh bread smell. It's mm-hmm. like... Yeah, but this was just like homemade. It was still warm when we got it. Ooh. And I was just like, oh, this is so good. Did you eat the whole thing? I ate probably half of it that night and then took most of the rest of it to school to eat with the rest of the soup. When I had the soup. You didn't give your wife any? Well, she had a little bit. There's something wrong with her where she doesn't like bread machine bread. She She's broken. She Don't you dare. You take that back. Her I, will, second, I will hunt you down in Mackinac Island and burn your bakery to the ground. Her second it's gonna pregnancy smell delicious. broke her. It's going to smell know. like toast. It's true. It will. It's so great. But her second pregnancy broke her. It literally did. It. it broke her back. <laughs> She is broken, but not in the way Chance was implying. I, all I am saying is her ability to enjoy great bread is broken. Must be from the back. Um, but this has been the Yeasty Boys, America's favorite podcast within a podcast. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten podcasters agree. Yeah. We'll go find them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like this? Check. <laughs> Do you not like this? Who asked you? <laughs> We, I, I think we can find nine podcasters who agree. Uh-huh. We've got some connections now. Yeah, we can get them on our side. Mike, if you agree, tweet at us. Tweet. Yeah. Anyway, this is this has been that segment. It has. No Ooh. sleep, sleep. till til Bobka. I decided to go a different. I, I noticed. <laughs> it showed. <laughs> but here we are at the finale. Not really the finale. There's a couple more scenes. There's a lot of scenes in this episode. There is. It it goes quick, quick, quick. Uh huh. So, just so Corey to get his job back, um, we cut back to the workplace, uh-huh. and Corey is not in his job. He's a janitor. Yeah, he is a janitor. He's still, for some reason, taking like answering to the mailroom person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just kind of funny. Maybe he's like the support staff liaison. Or Maybe so. Maybe he's the guy that they report to for work study. Mm-hmm. Um, but Corey just absolutely, it's just grinding his gears. Yeah, he's he is angry. A janitor, which we've already been over this. Uh-huh. <laughs> we've already had their janitor episode. Yeah. They they Man, could you imagine if his work study was at a grocery store? Oh, his dad would be like, get out of there, son. <laughs> You're I'm glad they fired now. you. <laughs> You're homeschooled though. Yeah. I will burn that grocery store to the ground and it will smell delicious. <laughs> maybe. All, all the smells together, maybe not so much. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Corey is just, it's disgusting that he's a janitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, it's not supposed to be this way. The mail cart guy is like, here, you can 
put the deodorizing pucks in the urinals, and you get to decide how many to put in. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. It's less than two. Yeah, Corey says, I should be an executive making big decisions. And he's like, well, you can make the executive decision of putting these yeah, deals. Why should you be an executive, Corey? Yeah. When have you shown us at all that you're capable of doing that? We've established. It's because he's a middle-class white kid. Yes, I, I know. Corey. Um, and Sean is still doing really well. Yeah. Because he's hold of the sign like the smile yeah it says uh got, got sex <laughs> does it say got no it says i like, got fresh breath or something like that yeah yes <laughs> i think it says got paste or got i don't even know i don't remember it's a play on got milk because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what everything was at this point yeah pretty much it was a super successful command um but yeah and Corey's like, guess I was wrong. Sex does sell. He said it like it's a bad thing. Or he like, said, and the audience just laughs like, <laughs> poor idiot, Corey. Yeah. So pure and chaste. So pure and chaste. Um, and that's pretty much the end of this scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's not really a lot to it. Uh, the jerk CEO comes out. He's like, get the guy to clean up my coffee spill. Corey's like, I'm the guy. Uh, yeah, and he... Walks in there and I feel like Sean's looking like I should I feel bad about this. Don't feel bad about this. Yeah. Um, then we're back at the Matthews house. <laughs> Feeney's reading Amy's work and just really enjoying it. Oh. 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 And then uh, she's like, "Well, what did you think?" It's one of the most provocative pieces of fiction I've ever read. She's like, it's all true, George. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> then Eric comes down the stairs. <laughs> you know, good on Amy. Like, yeah, this feel that comfortable. Culture, like, uh, this is writing about trash. her own uh, experiences. Yeah, she's like, I'm good at sex. Dang it! And you people need to know. <laughs> <clears throat> How do I let others know without? sexing everyone i'll write about it yeah i feel like i feel like this may have been a controversial storyline people are like she shouldn't be telling these intimate details about her life but no you you go out there and you you tell me you write those short stories for your creative fiction in the college class hey it's a creative i guess a creative writing not creative fiction um but eric comes down and he's like or she's like, I'm dropping out of the class. And then Eric's like, I can't let you do that, Amy. Why are you calling me Amy? Because that's your human name. <laughs> that's another one that I always think about. I think about it, but I never have the chance to say well, it. Well, I refer to myself, like, in my classroom. They're like, what's your name? I was like, my human name is Cameron. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> um, to them, I'm Mr. Liner. Mm. Like, my human name is Cameron. And they have a sweet moment about... Eric realizing that his mom is more than his mom and that... She's a really good storyteller. And the things that she does don't really affect him. And mm-hmm. um, It's this really nice moment of like someone else's success doesn't affect what I'm doing and mm-hmm. I shouldn't be threatened by my mom in my class. And That's how they overlap. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then he's like, and I was so proud of what you wrote, I sent a copy to Grandma. And her eyes go wide. Mother? <laughs> and Feeney, oh dear. <laughs> yep. Feeney's really just there to moan some and say, oh dear, twice. But it's, great. But it's very good. It's very good, yeah. Mother? <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. 
It's and it's good. It's like don't don't judge someone by the what perceptions they, they give and mm-hmm. who you think they should be. And it is a, a good lesson that's followed up in the next scene. Yes, because Corey and Topanga are going to a dinner party at Sean and Angela's or just Sean's yeah. place, but it feels very grown up. Yeah, it it feels weird. Like why are you you're in high you're in high school? Why are you going to a dinner party? Yeah. Quote unquote. Like what what is wrong with you? Yeah, like a couple's dinner. This is exactly like what you were trying not to be last cuz there's like there's like Pyrex dishes in there, like a casserole dish, a salad bowl with like salad tongs. Yeah. No college kid, especially high school kid. Yeah, this is like any sort of young adult comedy episode. Yeah. At least this part of it where it's like they get a job in the mailroom. And one of them does really well and one of them doesn't. Because um, that makes sense. But yeah. work-study just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And and even the, the conversation that uh, Corey and Sean have of like, oh, I'm so glad you came. Hey, I was invited for dinner. I'm here for dinner. Where's my dinner? I don't know. It's very much like a, like a I came for the free meal. Like, uh-huh. you don't get that all the time because you're a yes, child. Yeah. Every meal is free to you. Like, I don't know. It, it, it was very odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the phone rings and then... Um, no, the... Pay, the well, the, there's a ring. And they're like, aren't you going to get that? And Sean's just like, ah, it's just the fax. She's like, Corey, did you get a fax? He's like, eh, at my level, you just know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then another, like, a cell phone goes off or whatever and... It comes up that Sean has a credit card, mm-hmm. and Corey's just like feeling he's, worse, he's and embarrassed. And then the truth comes out that he's a janitor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> have to spit the name out. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't janitor? S- doesn't sit well on my palate. Uh huh. But then there's just that closing conversation, you know, of like Corey, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. And Sean's like, I really want to enjoy this, and he's like, you should. He's like, I can't because of what it's doing to you. He's like, because it's killing me. And it's like, that doesn't, it doesn't need to. Like, I understand. Like, but also, I needed in this scene for Angela to be like, oh hell no, <laughs> and, like tell <laughs> just off. Just shut up, Corey. Like, oh and, okay. And like tell off Corey and his privilege, because like at the end we just reaffirm Corey's privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it's like Corey. Like, this is finally happening to me. And he's like, yeah, but it shouldn't be. Like, it should happen to me. Like, I'm destined for this. Look at my life. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, I know. And that's, and that's really sad for Sean. Like, uh-huh. Sean's got this. Yes, yeah, Sean's whole thing that we were talking about last week where he doesn't feel like he deserves good things to happen to him. Yeah. I mean, it's like a. Topanka can't move. You don't deserve that kind of pain. Uh-huh. But I, they implied, like, I do deserve <laughs> yeah. that kind of pain. I haven't read any more of the uh, fan fiction to see if uh, old Wyatt, uh, Property of O'Brien <laughs> digs more into that vein. Yeah. But I'm sure he does. Sure. Or she. I don't know. I would assume she. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. But just, like, the, the self-loathing of Sean, even here, like, the whole, like... When he's doing really well. Yeah. And, like, the whole, like, you're right thing. And it's like, no, he's not. But, like, who gives a fax machine and a company credit card to, like, a work-study person? <laughs> We've established. We're in a different show. That's true. And I think we established he's not a work-study person anymore. Yeah. He's, he's just, uh, he's an assistant. 
a temporary assistant. Although, I don't know how temporary that would be if they give you a cell phone. I wish this went somewhere. I wish, like... Uh-huh. Yeah, there's the rest of the season. Yeah, they even dress Sean differently in this episode. Yeah, he's, like, shirt tucked in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Um, Sean's gone corporate. Yeah. So I, I'm glad... If there was a, a thing where Sean, like, was getting uppity and, like, forgetting where he came from and, like, not associating with, like relatives in the trailer park or something mm-hmm. that would be yeah but it doesn't like yeah. sean's fine yeah sean's yeah. doing great and being successful at business yeah and Corey's mm-hmm. not and it's killing Corey. yeah and that he's like well you should feel good you've done a great job and like somehow this is like oh the tension's gone everything's forgiven and i feel like there needs to be a conversation like wait a minute do i hate myself so much because of you Corey? <laughs> like <laughs> Do you use your station and the socioeconomic dynamic of our relationship to keep me down? Mm-hmm. Make yourself feel better. Um, at the very least. At the very least. And then they're like, you should be proud too. He's like, why? So I heard whoever the two people that are the name of the company talking to executive bathroom on the 30th floor. Never been cleaner. I did that. He's like, Corey, everyone knows you're going to be fine. And like Topanga says it, and Sean say, says it in the scene. It's like, it's like, come on, guys. <clears throat> He's not guaranteed to be fine. No, like I mean, I, I guess in a lot of ways he kind of is guaranteed right. to be fine. That's the thing. Like in our society, it's pretty hard for people that come from money to like because there's a social capital. Yeah, as well. Yeah, and like you, you know, you got family, friends, and I mean, the worst that Corey can do, like realistically. His work for his dad. Yeah, is like, be the inheritor of a, a business. Mm-hmm. Can't do worse than Eric. Yeah. So, like, he's fine. You've got those connections that can get you jobs. You've got... It's disgusting, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I do say that as a poor person, so maybe I am a bit biased. I'm disgusted, too. <laughs> and I'm firmly lower middle class. <laughs> It's true. You're not from the most money. No. <clears throat> Aggressively medium money. <laughs> to bring it back to how I met your mother one one last time. <laughs> I would say even not even that medium. At least growing up, where part of my dad's yearly salary was a cow. Which was nice. <laughs> it was like, we can't give you a lot of money, but we'll give you a cow that will butcher. And you can yeah. have some meat. Yeah, so we are we are poor people, so maybe we're just angry at the system. But honestly... It's like pointing out how the system is broken and like it's basically saying like, yeah, Sean's the exception. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it never <clears throat> once says, well, actually, Sean, where you come from, like your past and your history, it doesn't matter. Like you're really good at this. Yeah. And I'm sure if the episode was to continue or something, they would say, look, Sean's the exception that disproves the rule. Yeah. But it's like, no, usually the exception is what proves the rule. Yeah. If, if, if it is notable as an exception, then the rule probably stands. Mm-hmm. I would say the rule almost always stands. Exception tends to prove the rule yeah. rather than the other way around. Um, so that's the end of that bit. And then we have the tag at the end where oh, they're yeah. in class. <laughs> and uh, um, Amy, they're saying, like, I'm not going to do those kind of stories anymore. Like, mm-hmm. she and Eric kind of have an agreement. And then Jack's just like, I'm really going to miss him. Especially that one in the elevator. Yeah, and... <laughs> Monica's into it. She's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Everyone in this class is just sex crazed. 
And it's all Amy. Hey, man, good writing is good writing. She got them all riled up. Mm -hmm. Sexing each other. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she goes up and she's just like, young mother or whatever. And then she starts telling the story of giving birth to Eric. Eric gallantly making his way down the birth canal. And everyone's like, ugh. And Eric's like, hey, this is about me. Yeah. Yeah. Also a disgusting joke about how women parts are gross, but not egregious. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a joke of the time. Not in all those other stories. Yeah, that's true. The birth canal is still there, even if it's not fully developed. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying I just, to... I don't, I, 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 we should just move on. I think we've made our point. No. <laughs> okay. We're going to continue talking about the birth canal. We're only talking about female anatomy from now on. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, and that's it. That's yeah. the episode. That's the episode. It's not a lot, but it is. There's some interesting things to be talked about. Uh-huh. And I think it's fun. Yeah. Like, there's, it's pretty funny. The Eric and Amy stuff, I literally laughed out loud. I think when he's like, don't you do anything but quiver? Yeah. I like, by myself, just literally cackled. It was just so <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this episode, both storylines are like fun to watch and delightful in execution. But when you really think about the setups of them, kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about the setups and the just the way it goes about it, it's kind of messed up. So it's kind of a it's a weird it's a weird bag of an episode. But it is more fun to watch than it is not. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Um, I don't know if that made any sense, but so that being said. I'm going to give it an 8. Very nice. I'm also giving it an 8. I, I feel like that's... It is really good. And then on further look, you're kind of like, eh. It's not all great. But the stuff that's there that's good is really good. Yeah. It, it, the pen havers and pen users did a pretty good job. Yeah. And there's some really great stuff in here. Um, the the comparison of the two calls, um, I think, is really well done. I think the... The tying of the theme is really well done. Mm-hmm. It's rare um, that we see that. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, giving Amy something to do and her being a delight mm-hmm. is very welcome. Give me more Amy. I need more Amy. Yeah, they, they make great use of side characters. There's not a single one of them in here that I'm just like, why are you? Mm-hmm. Why are you? Why are you here? Um, yeah, Feeny was great. Jack was great. And, Monica. And a lot of the things that we're calling out in this episode were just products of the, the time. time yeah like class issues weren't really as in the open yeah and understood i mean especially by the people that would be creating television yeah it just wasn't what was necessarily talked about yeah and there was kind of i think of the 90s at least as this time of like everyone was striving to be upper middle class and bill clinton had the economy going so well and mm-hmm. like that was the that was the true American dream. Um, Nothing bad ever happened in the 90s. Yes, exactly. And the dream of the 90s is alive in, in Portland. Portland. Um, and yeah, I just feel like there wasn't as much education out there about it, about like how harmful those thoughts and ideas were, um, and how like baked into our society in a problematic way they are. Yeah, and I feel like that's just why looking at it now... Kind of being more aware of things that we are now, like you and I, not like 
nobody else knows this but you and I. Yeah. But not everybody's going to watch this and notice those things. Yeah. But it's like, because it's so baked in, it's just like, nobody thought about that at the time. That they were just further reinforcing yeah. exactly what was happening everywhere. Yeah, like, this weird caste system we've made of... It's like, like of course Corey should expect to do well at quote-unquote business. Yeah, and of course Sean he's going to do fine because he is who... He is. He is. Like, and his parents are who they are. And of course if Sean does well, he's the exception, not the rule, because Sean is a poor troublemaker. What does he know about mm-hmm. business? Nothing. Nothing. Um, I just really wish... I wish there would have been one character who's like, no, like, Sean does really well with people. Like, no one dislikes Sean. Mm-hmm. Like, you see all the dates he gets and, like, all the people who, like, flock to him. Uh-huh. Like... Yeah, and that's where the episode does, like, the show not tell. Where it's, like, when they start doing the mail cart and Sean's, like, very personable. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. And you're like, of course he's going to do well here because people like him. Yeah, people He like makes him. connections. He's personable. And if his job is, like... Doing that. Connecting with people... Like, and I just wish there would have been one character who'd be like, Corey, it's advertising. Like, of course Sean is going to do well at it. It's like, like, he sells himself every day. Yeah. Like, I just, just that would have done so much for like, but it's not that way. Like, it's business. It's business. And Topanga and Alan are both like, well, you're doing so much better than Sean, or at least you should be, or mm-hmm. you're going to do great. And, you know, if Sean's doing well, like, that's good for him. Which yeah. is like basically saying like, can't believe he's doing well, but okay, more power to him. So, so who is your MVP? Um, my MVP is Sean. Oh, I was gonna say Amy. I just feel like Amy's chances for getting it are just so few and far between. And I just think she's so great. Yeah, I guess we can give it to Amy because of the lack of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not buying into it. She stands up for herself. She does. She's like, I know what I want. And if you can't see that, I don't need to be around you. But then she also is conflicted. Being the mother wants to back out just because she knows, like, I'm the mom. I want to take care of my fragile infant college student. Mm-hmm. Well, and we didn't really mention it, but there is a sense to which Eric has somewhat of a point mm-hmm. of, like, college is his time. Now, I don't know why, like, if my mother was in a college class with me, that would be very different because I have a very different relationship with my mother than most people. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of contention there, but we have no indication that Amy has ever been anything but a great mother. Uh-huh. And like, and it's a little weird that she's writing about all of her sex stuff with her, with his dad. Yeah. I mean, it's a little, and I'm sure it's uncomfortable. Sure. But, and also it's just like, this is my time to discover who I am. And you're just kind of in this space and I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. And Eric's being a whiny brat. <laughs> like so that kind of takes all of the like points that he has uh-huh. it's like why are you saying your points now when you're upset yeah rather than like talking to her you know after the first class yeah or something you know anything yeah it's like could you switch to a different section no because there aren't any hey sucks. you stop this <laughs> we cannot we cannot say that Penbrook is a terrible school that would be like if we decided Mr. Feeney was a great teacher before we started the show. True. We've got to go let the show reveal it. You know, it's like I didn't know in Harry Potter that Voldemort was a bad guy until book four. <laughs> when it really showed me and he just killed Cedric Diggory. There hasn't even been any new implications yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right. You're right. And then... So I'm saying Amy. 
Yeah, we can You're going to agree with me. I said I would agree with you because of the lack of self-loathing. <laughs> and then I named it Boy Meets Business. Boy Meets It's the only thing you can name it. <laughs> Boy Meets Deodorizing Pucks. Boy Meets it's Business. less than two. <laughs> Boy Meets It's less than two. I'll give you a hint. It's less than two. No, but Boy Meets Business. Yeah. I mean, Boy Meets the conceptual category of business. <laughs> that can be the name of this episode. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but there it is. Boy Meets World. Episode oh, 509. And just to get it out there, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Corporations do not exist. People exist. Buildings exist. Paperwork exists. But people who run corporations have played a trick on us to make us think that there's this entity called a corporation. But, but they're too big to fail. They don't exist. Because they... They can't fail because they don't exist. But Yes, and they also can't <clears throat> succeed because they don't exist. Um, How to succeed as a business. But this entity of business allows a lot of bad people to hide behind that imaginary entity and do bad things and then blame it on the business. So uh, go out there and just remember, corporations aren't real. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, it's another one of those conceptual category things. Yes, it's true. Uh, I don't think that I have anything else. Not playing any Final Fantasy right now. No, nope, we're playing Triangle Strategy, but neither of us are far enough in to talk about it. No, it's very good, though. The bit that I played. Lots of story. Lots of story. Which Big I'm enjoying. Story. Yeah. I'm enjoying that. There's like four different like phases. There's like a story phase where you like get a lot of story. There's an exploration phase where you... like. Go meet people, gather items, get information. There's a voting phase where you try to like convince people to do things. Mm-hmm. Which I enjoy. Yeah. I've done it I once and it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I did it in the demo. Um, the early, early mm-hmm, demo. The first demo. Um, so I've done it a few times. but And then uh, the final phase is like strategy combat. It's like you're going to end up fighting somebody. Yeah. So, Which is fun. It's good. It's, it's good really stuff. well done so far. So more on that later. Yep. Um, we want to say thanks to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. Mm-hmm. You can find the link to the video that, that comes from in the episode's description. And from there, find all of his other wonderful music. Come on the show, Dizzy. It's true. We really need to make that happen. We've we've talked to him several times about it. We just... It just, it just hasn't happened. Uh, let me check Twitter. Um, we connected at Agent Silva to... Um, the debatable podcast, but it's not debatable. It's their wrestling okay. one. Book it. Yes. We, con- we connected them to book it, so that was fun to see that whole exchange happen. Um, Cameron's trying to get Travis McElroy, McElroy on the show. show. Someday. I don't think we have any other Twitter things from this week. Um, yeah. If I missed you, I'm so very sorry. We do want to thank Agent Silva for tweeting at The Rock. Uh, we need more people to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Travis McElroy. We're moving on to bigger fish. Yeah. If The Rock comes on, Travis McElroy will come on. Uh-huh. So we just have to think. Where's the dominoes? How do we need to knock them down? It's true. I am a bit of an expert on Black Adam, so we can just talk Black Adam. I mean... Yeah. We don't even have to talk about Boy Meets World. It's true. And I'll just listen. It'll be like the deconstruction episode <laughs> where I'll just sit off to the side and slowly lose my voice. <laughs> Slowly be punished for our hubris. Uh You're just sapping the strength away from me in order to continue to talk and to blaspheme. (laughs) Just joking, you are blaspheming. Uh, But yeah, so that is all I've got. Yeah, so from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.